Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the best off seasons, free agency, trades, draft. Which team had the best off season so far here, Sam? It's all brought to you by DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for all new users by offering them the chance to win $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Won't call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, let's get into it. We've got the draft in the books. It's always nice to look at the offseason as a whole. So which team is uh, winning the offseason for you? I love what the Los Angeles Chargers have done this offseason. Um, I think they they would have been forgiven for looking at the way last season went, the incredible year by Justin Herbert, surprising year, I think, for many. Um, the, the way he was able to play in the face of pressure, the number one graded quarterback at PFF when pressured, and think, okay, we haven't been able to fix an offensive line for years, and now we don't have to because we have Justin Herbert. We can just forget about it. We can roll in there with you know a couple of bits and pieces here and there, and that's how we win. Instead, they recognized that it was still a major problem, and they attacked it hard in both free agency and the draft. Corey Lindsey comes over, the number one graded center in the NFL last year, and the difference between him and number two was one of the biggest differences between the best player and the second graded player in the NFL at any position. Allowed four pressures in 12 games compared with 33 that the guy he's replacing allowed. Bring in Matt Filer as well, a guy that can potentially upgrade two different positions or at least guarantee average play at two different positions. And then the draft, they they get lucky. They hit a home run with Rashawn Slater with their first pick. A guy I don't think we thought was going to be there when they picked, and I don't think a lot of people did, who was you know the number one tackle on a lot of draft boards um they get him and then like they just keep getting lucky or keep getting good with asante samuel in the second round josh palmer in the third i think the Chargers have had one of the best off seasons of any team in the nfl yeah they're they're a good pick man because yeah everything you mentioned love the offensive line overhaul i think that's huge and yeah i mean i i may have forgotten about their secondary a little bit but the fact that they could address it with an asante samuel in the draft was fantastic and they look the offensive line had to be priority number one and i think they addressed it in the right way i remember they're going to get derwin james back again again hopefully yes assuming he uh, don't have to convince me of that assuming he doesn't get broken again but still i would still convert him to uh corner yeah to corner but you can rely on hopefully derwin james coming back and being like a free agent addition you know an all pro caliber player coming into your defense so i think they've absolutely knocked it out of the park and here's the thing like people are down on various people at PFF a little bit for pointing out that like, Justin Herbert is probably going to regress, right? The the number one graded quarterback under pressure every year is a different name. It doesn't tend to be the same guy. It's a, right. it's a thing that fluctuates. So for Herbert to be so incredibly good year one while under pressure, you can't expect that to be the case in year two. So you have to do something to offset that. Now, maybe Herbert himself will do something to offset that, right? Maybe he'll get better at the other stuff and the fact that he's worse under pressure in year two will be offset by the fact that he's better in other areas but the charges have also said well we're going to help you out we're going to do something to offset that we're going to put you under less pressure so that it doesn't matter if you're worse under pressure i just think across the board that's extremely smart team building so uh, my my team 
for the best offseason. Probably not a surprise. Going to Cleveland Browns. We've we've been raving about what the Browns have done this entire offseason, starting in free agency. So just overall, from a team building standpoint, I think it's been two years of excellence, even including bringing in, bringing in Kevin Stefanski last year as coach, revamping that offensive line. But coming into this offseason, first order of business was the secondary. We know that really the back seven overall, they were not great in coverage. They did not have... Uh, not they didn't have a versatile coverage unit they didn't really have a deep coverage unit now they do they've addressed all of that it started in free agency with john johnson at safety guys had three 80 plus coverage grades in his three full seasons one injured season in there as well so johnson comes in at safety troy hill comes in probably to play the slot but we know he's got some versatility outside or inside but he's one of the better slot corners in the league then they go into the draft one of our favorite picks was craig newsom first round corner so now he's slated probably to start opposite Denzel Ward. And if he doesn't start, it means be, it means Greedy Williams stepped up and became the player we thought he was a couple of years ago as well. So they have options there at cornerback. And now at safety, not only was John Johnson the addition there, Ronnie Harrison is back. Grant Delpit is back after you know being a second-round pick last year and not playing an NFL snap. So I just love that the Browns, they easily could have said, well, Grant Delpit, we don't know enough about him. He's a starter. Greedy Williams, we don't know enough about him. He's a starter. And not address those positions. But instead, they addressed them with one of the top free agent safeties and one of the top draft cornerbacks. So that is a big check mark. And then I also just love the way they built their defensive line. Uh, Olivier Vernon, free agent plus injured. So how do you fill that spot opposite Miles Garrett? You bring in a Jadavian Clowney. Say what you want about Clowney. He's not a $20 million a year player, but they get him for less than $10 million or about $10 million. And he's actually a little bit underrated now because yeah. he's coming off a zero sack season. So stitching the defensive line together with Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, I just love so much about what the Browns have done. Absolutely. I think with the secondary, versatility is the word. Like they went from having a unit that just got torched late last season into the playoffs, they added a bunch of talent, but even the talent they brought means that they can deploy them in a bunch of different ways and match up with pretty much anybody that comes out there. A guy like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker, I guess, in quotation marks, in the second round out of Notre Dame, this is a guy who plays that overhang college linebacker spot that doesn't really exist in the NFL, a sort of split between a slot corner and a linebacker, but did it maybe better than anybody we've ever seen. Like he had one of the best coverage grades in the slot in the nation at any position, not just for linebackers covering the slot, but in any position. And in the NFL, the Browns last year played more linebackers over the slot than anybody else other than Seattle, who basically didn't have a nickel corner, which is why they're the only team ahead. So it's a great fit. And now you've got a bunch of these guys and you're looking at the roster or the secondary and the, the depth on the back seven and saying, I don't know how all these guys can get on the field at the same time, but they don't necessarily need to. It gives you a probably more good players than you have space for, which is a good thing. And B, it gives you the capacity to pick and choose. You know, the way the Patriots will sometimes play one starting corner one week and the other guy the next week because they like the, the specific fit or the specific matchup um, against different players. Now the Browns can do that and they're never going to just get caught with their pants down against a team that they can't cover. The one other thing too is just the, I think their decisions on the defensive line. They have Miles Garrett, he's a stud, but their other investment has been minimal, I'd say, compared to the rest of the NFL. Their defensive tackle situation, take a shot on a Malik Jackson, 
Yep. Take a shot on an Andrew Billings. Jordan Elliott's still there as a guy that we liked a lot higher than what was his uh, fourth round, um, third round. Sele- third round selection last year. You had Tommy Tog- uh, Togiai in the fourth round. Um, and then even take a shot on a Malik McDowell, who was a former second round pick, borderline first round prospect who had the off off field car accident and the whole thing. So I just I just like a lot of the decisions yeah. the Browns are making. So right. they're, they're my team as far as best offseason goes. Um I, I want to mention the Washington football team too because I think for both you and I are they they have to be number three right I mean they yeah they're on definitely this list. definitely a team in the running I think Washington have done everything you should do if you're a team that didn't have a great shot at a new starting quarterback a new answer long term now it turns out they might have had that answer if they've been willing to go aggressively after Justin Fields. But we don't know if Justin Fields <clears throat> is as good as we think he is or if Washington thought he was. So let's say, look, they looked at the situation, decided they had no real answer at quarterback. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is what you do. He's a guy that will give you average quarterback play at the position, probably. Um, it'll be a roller coaster, but it'll net out to an average shot. And then you surround him with as much talent as humanly possible so that you get the best version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. You bring in a Curtis Samuel. You bring in a De'Ami Brown in the draft. You get tackle depth um, in the second round. I just, I like what Washington have done a lot. Yeah, if you look at that group of playmakers a couple years ago, not great. Um, Just Terry McLaurin and friends, but now versatility again. You know, guys that could do a whole bunch of different things. We knew that the defensive line was really good. What they've added in the secondary with Kendall Fuller and William Jackson the third, that's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. There's some boomer bust with any sort of, you know, cornerback or you know, cornerback switching teams. But that has the potential to be another uh, – it's another year where they could be a top three defense. That's what they were last year. And that came out of nowhere as well, which I think is a credit to Ron Rivera, the coaching staff. So there's a lot of good pieces in place with the football team. And now there's far more talent this year than there was just a year or two ago. Three more teams I would throw out for honorable Three mentions. Uh, the New England Patriots, you just throw so much, so much at it that, of course, it had to be good. Uh, the New York Jets have revamped a lot of that roster. And then one more – Tampa Bay Buccaneers just for bringing everybody back. Most improved by remaining status quo. By not losing everybody. (laughs) Incredible job by the Tampa Bay Bucs. Let us know. Who do you think is the most improved team this offseason? It's PFF NFL Daily.